I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're joining today, you're doing a great job. Taking some time for yourself um, after the busyness of family life to do something for yourself. So well done. Uh, Chances are you're listening to this after Christmas Day. Um, But in that case, it's still great that you're taking some time to out for yourself to do something either that helps you learn or relax or um, you feel connected, whatever it is that something that whatever it is that you get out of this podcast. I have left summer self-care for Christmas today because um, I think it's a great day to talk about it. Self-care as parents is uh, an essential part of parenting. If we don't look after ourselves, we can't look after our kids well. So I want to give you permission today to look after yourself. That's my Christmas present to you. I'm going to talk today about all all aspects of self-care. Well, not all. I probably don't cover everything, but a lot of aspects of self-care. I wanted to talk about recognising triggers for self-care, why it's important, what to do, and then how to manage if it's, you know, you're not feeling great about it or not. it's not quite working. The first thing I wanted to explain was how we know we need self-care. I mean, it's Christmas Day. If you're listening to this episode today, you have been really busy up to... Um, all day today, really, and probably the last week up to today as well. Kids can be full on at the best of times, but when they're excited, even more so. So it's important to look after yourself. We all kind of know that and we hear that and we say it to each other, but I think what's important is recognising when we are stressed because that, to me, is the indicator that we need to look after ourselves. So sometimes there are stress triggers um, that happen. And I think reflecting on how we're feeling, what we're experiencing and why can let us know that we need to take some time out for ourselves. And so one of the first things I think is a a trigger for stress is challenging behaviour. And so that's for all of us. Um, that comes up at times uh, in our children. And so when they are having periods of of really challenging behaviour, whether you've got a small child who won't sleep or a medium-sized child who's got some really strong-willed things happening, whether you've got a a teenager and the challenges that they bring, I think when there's lots of challenging behaviour, that's... Um, increases our stress. So that's when we need to make sure we take time for ourselves. 
Another trigger I think is judgments um, that can cause stress as parents. And so over the, the holidays and even for, for Christmas, if you've got family visiting, sometimes family bring lots of judgment to our parenting and that can be really stressful. Sometimes it's um, our own family, sometimes it's family in law and we might feel less comfortable to say something. Sometimes it's just people um, in the streets, in the shops, that kind of thing. And so I think that um, to beware when you hear other people's judgments and are you really quick to react to that? If you are, maybe it's you're closer to needing some self-care or if you're not, just reflect on it and how are you handling it? Are you brushing it aside? Um, if not, you might need to, or even if you are, just do something proactively to look after yourself and so you can reduce the impact those kind of judgments are going to have on you. Another thing I think is a trigger for stress for parents is um, system issues, systemic problems. So when psychologists say systems, um, what we mean is, you know, things like the school system, that's one good example. So it's when you have to navigate with um, something that has its rules and regulations set up around you. And that can be stressful to interact with. So if you ever think about a child having to go to hospital, it's stressful not only because your child's unwell, but because you don't know what's happening. Um, you don't understand how things work in that system. So that can raise our stress levels. So hospital systems are one. Uh, school systems is another. Also, if your child's in lots of um, intervention or therapy, those systems are another, particularly if they see more than one person at more than one practice. All Interacting with all of those systems is challenging and it adds to your stress as a parent. So if, as I'm talking, you're ticking off all of these things, um, you are exactly the kind of person I'm hoping to reach out to today. And the last thing I think, and this is, so the systemic one is often for kids with mental, um, sorry, mental health challenges or developmental difficulties or differences, medical um, difficulties, any anything that makes you kind of have to interact with systems more than the average parent might and the other thing that's, so that's common for autistic kids and kids with ADHD. So that means if you're that parent, that's, you're experiencing extra stress. And the other thing you might, the last bit I wanted to raise was just that idea of constant concern that you have about your children. And that's, um, that's stressful that's something that oftentimes goes unnoticed and it might be more one parent in the family than the other. But having that constant concern that never lets you kind of quite put your guard down or rest easy contributes to stress as well. So I would say that if your child has any of these developmental differences that we're talking about, which could also include anxiety, um, learning challenges, any of those things, you are going to need to be 
more conscious of self-care and more deliberate perhaps than other parents might be. So I talked before about how self-care is a necessity. I think it's important to frame it that way. It's your well-being and it's you as a parent who is the centre of, of your family. Um, it's really important that you look after yourself for your own self-sake. Why is that not good enough, right? Like self-care just because you're the only one who will care for you, really. Um, it should be enough. I read somewhere, I think I'll get to that at the end a little more, but that we, we are the ones that need to be responsible for ourselves as adults. Um, so I think that in itself is enough of a reason to take our self-care seriously. It's going to prevent burnout in your parenting as well, um, particularly if you've got other stressful things on in life like, um, you know, family concerns, like outside your family, siblings or parents, um, also stress related to job, your job, sorry, job, jobs or your job. Um, manage, there's only so much a, a person can hold and so looking after yourself is paramount. But the other thing too is that I think it's really important to have that energy so that you're able to give that to your kids. And I talk a lot about in emotional regulation about how parents need to be calm so that they can regulate their children. And so if you are feeling on edge or stressed, that's going to be incredibly difficult. Um, and it will get to the point where if you're too stressed and on edge, you won't be able to do it because you won't be conscious enough of how you're um, responding to be really calm and intentional. So it's it really has an impact on your children. I think it's important to... to um, Think about establishing kind of, well, think, think, I don't want to, because I'm doing that psychologist thing where I have like three thoughts in my head and I don't know which path to go down <laughs> and they all try and come out at once. But this is what I wanted to say, that often we talk about how you can't pour from an empty cup. That's so true. We need energy to be able to give to others. But my argument is that we can't, we shouldn't pour from a nearly empty cup either because then we will become empty. So my challenge to you is to not think about topping up your self-care when your, your jug's empty. Think about topping it up when it gets low. So don't use the strategy I use when I'm getting petrol from the petrol station and wait till it's low and the light's coming on that's a danger light we want to avoid the danger light so try and top up when you're a quarter empty so that you never reach that empty stage um and i think that's takes a perspective shift because often we can be thinking about self-care as a thing that we only do when it's really necessary so we're at the point of burnout already that's an empty tank and so then people think, well, that's justified. She's burnt out. She needs time to herself. But I think we've got to shift that over to thinking about when we need to replenish our energy. 
so that we never get to that empty point. I think today too, if it's Christmas, this is the time for you to think about how empty are you in your kind of self-care um, cup and think about one thing that you can book in for yourself that will top up your energy. Um, yeah, I'll come back to that in a second too. So what can you do? What can you do to um, look after yourself? There's a couple of different things and you've probably got lots of ideas yourself. There is, I'd say if you're feeling really stressed out in the moment, it's probably some relaxation like breathing strategies, taking five minutes to yourself to do some mindfulness. Um, and you can do that just for five minutes. If you need something a bit um, bigger than that, more intense, you could do meditation or yoga for longer. There's lots of things that you can do that will uh, be restorative to you. Um, those are the common ones suggested in, you know, psychology or therapy, counselling, that kind of thing. But you can do anything you want, really. So if it's time away from the family, if sometimes for me it's actually time with the family where I think, okay, I want us all to go out and have a picnic dinner here because to me that really fills my cup when everybody is out, they seem to get along, we just have a really relaxed night and everybody comes together and that fills my cup up. For you it could be any kind of hobby, exercise, sleep, a nap, anything that's going to restore your cup. And my friend Tammy, who's an occupational therapist, um, says this phrase about boring self-care. And that's what I love. Um, I love the phrase. And to her, she defines boring self-care as all of the mundane stuff we should do, I say that with hesitation, probably could do is better to look after ourselves, but often fall out of the habit of doing. And so when she describes it, boring self-care can be things like going to bed on time or early. It can be waking up at the same time in the morning, going for a walk. Um, what else could it be? eating well, so preparing a good breakfast, some doing some meal preparation for the week, um, making some lunch to take with you to work. It can be sitting down and looking over your schedule and planning out when you're going to do stuff. Well, sometimes it's doing things that you procrastinate, like um, study or work you have to get done because doing that for yourself now will reap rewards later on. So I really love that idea that it can be anything you want to be for fun, but it can also be really boring self-care as well. I don't know anybody who doesn't need an early night. Um, so that's a really good start. And then I think it's that helps me understand that it's good to have realistic expectations as well. So if we think of self-care as a really big thing like a weekend away 
we can feel like we never get the time for ourselves. But if we think about it as being maybe um, that five minutes of mindfulness or the going to bed early or the going for a walk in the morning and that consistent routine stuff, if we set our sights on that being a win, then we can feel much more like we're achieving this stuff and self-care. So I think it's important to be realistic both for what we can achieve, like through time and through money, but also that keeping our sights low and being grateful for those small opportunities we have can help us feel like we're getting the self-care. So it's also how much you do, but also how well you do it as well. So um, it's probably beneficial to have like five minutes where you just enjoy your cup of tea on your own is better than five minutes of um, having a tea, but, you know, scrolling through your emails or, or something like that. So if you can maximize how well you use your time, you don't need as much time for the self-care. And I think it's a great idea too to try and make some of these things routine. So it's things like the eating well, sleeping well, doing movement, um, whether that's walking, yoga, stretching, anything like that. Those those things are all we know um, scientifically are linked to really good well-being. I think too it's important to remember to have fun. Um, we don't play as much as adults as we should do. So I think doing things that just purely for your enjoyment is really important as well. And building those things into your routine for each week will be a way that you maintaining that energy. So you're almost like, you know, going to the petrol station every week by doing those things rather than waiting until it's um, really dire and urgent. So the last thing I wanted to cover today was that idea of guilt that we get sometimes um, from taking time for ourselves. It's usually, I mean, a stereotype is that it's mum guilt, um, but I think all parents experience it. And it's about usually centres around that taking time for yourself uh, rather than doing something for the family or with the family. And here's the point where I think we need to get over that because nobody else is responsible for us and our well-being. We know it's true for things like um, diet and exercise. You know, you're the only one responsible for what you eat. You're the only one who's responsible for how active you are. And the other thing too is that we're only, we're only we're the only ones responsible for how much self care we have. Um, other people can suggest it. If we're stubborn, we might not take them up on it. Sometimes we might ask other people for it, and they don't give what we need to be able to make it happen. Um, but at the end of the day, we've got to find out a way to make it work for ourselves. That's the only way. Um, We're the only ones who are going to be responsible for that. And it's really important because we're the only ones who can give that emotion to our kids as well. So I think it's really a mandatory thing. We've got to get over that guilt of it um, because and really see it as that old classic cliche of the oxygen mask that we're putting on ourselves first so that then we can help our children. 
The last thing I wanted to mention was that, um, oh, I said that that was going to be the last thing, but I just thought of something more. I read an article that was talking about how the benefits of self-care start happening, not when we do something for ourselves, but when we plan something that we're going to do for ourselves. So, for example, booking something like a hike with friends, you don't just get the benefit of those couple of hours when you're out doing that activity. You get the benefit of feeling like you've done something good for yourself it already starts the benefits from the time that you book it in. So if you book it for, say, a month or two's time because, let's face it, mums are busy, you get all of that time um, having that benefit from the thing that you've planned to look after yourself. So that takes me back to the point where I wanted to say to think today about how empty or full is your tank. No matter how full or empty it is, book something today that's going to be good for you and your self-care and you'll start benefiting from that from today until the time it takes place. And if you start that now, you're going to be just in such a great place um, for the beginning of 2024. So I, and with that, I will leave you to think of your thing. I'm going to go and think of my thing and make sure that I book something in today. So again, Merry Christmas. I hope you had a wonderful um, end to the year. And I will chat with you next episode, I think, is New Year's Day. So I feel like I'm celebrating all the milestones with you <laughs> at the moment. So that's it. Leave you. Go and book um, something for yourself today. Thanks again for listening in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too. And tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.